You're listening to The Chain, a science podcast where we bring what is new in the field of biologics and protein engineering to the community of scientists working in this field. We discuss the latest developments with leaders who are on the front lines of cutting-edge research. On episode one, Hannah Loss sits down to speak with Bjorn Voldberg, director of Cho Cell Line Development at the Technical University of Denmark, all about the role of Cho in protein production. I'm Hannah Loss, Coffin's production assistant. With us today is speaker, chairperson, Bjorn Voldborg, director of Cho Cell Line Development at the Technical University of Denmark. Bjorn, thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving me the opportunity. In 2016, we discussed how CRISPR technology had a huge impact on your field and cell line genome engineering in general. Is there a technology or an approach that you see having the same sort of impact now or in the future? I see, well, the technologies that are coming in the future are kind of also, they're CRISPR-based in a way, if you're thinking about the laboratory or the kind of practical work. But one of the things that I can see coming in the future is actually the use of big data to be able to even further understand our cell lines and, and how we can engineer them. And one of the things that I can definitely see coming in the future is the use of targeted and very precise insertion of genes with very controlled expression levels, which will be make it possible for us not only to remove genes from the cells, but actually also to introduce new genes in a very specific and very accurate manner. And based on big data and a lot of the new upcoming technologies in that space, we will be able to kind of really, really refine, perform exactly at the levels we want. Your team at DTU was successful in producing a therapeutic protein using genome-engineered CHO cells. What's the significance of this protein? The protein in question here is a therapeutic protein called alpha-1 antitrypsin, which is a protein that most of us carry around in our body. It's actually a rather highly expressed plasma protein, so it's floating around in our plasma. But there are some people who are genetically deficient of this protein, and therefore they cannot produce it themselves. The role of alpha-1 antitrypsin is, among other things, to kind of protect the lungs from degradation of our own neutrophils. So sometimes the lungs are subjected to foreign material coming in while breathing, and our immune defense goes out and tries to get rid of that. But in that effort, they might start degrading the lung tissue as well, and alpha-1 antitrypsin inhibits the protease that does this. Patients that do not have this protein then kind of slowly get degradation in their lungs, and therefore they're put on a replacement therapy. So they get it infused, and they get large amounts of it. So they get about 4 grams per dose per once a week, and that protein is based from human plasma, so it's purified out of human plasma. It cannot be made in cells as they are today because of the glycosylation pattern on the protein, which is significantly different when produced in a cell compared to the human cell. So if you inject cell materials into a patient, it gets cleared really, really quickly. We have engineered a cell line now that is able to make this protein at exactly the same glycosylation pattern as what comes out of the human plasma. So we can now produce this recombinantly instead of having to produce it from plasma. And that's where we can see a benefit from it. The other thing is that we can also use that to even further improve the drug as we can introduce. We are able to actually make engineering in the protein because it's now recombinant and not humanly derived. 
We hope you're enjoying this episode of The Chain and wanted to take a minute to share some exciting news in the world of protein engineering. The 11th annual PEGS Europe Conference is taking place November 18th through the 22nd in Lisbon, Portugal. You can learn more about the meeting at www.pegsummiteurope.com. That's www.pegsummiteurope.com. Early registration rates apply until September 6th, so head over to register with the key code POD100 to save $100 on registration. That's P-O-D-100. We hope to see you there. What techniques, collaborations, or support allowed for the success of your research? This research was basically on the collaborations within the CHO program at the Center for Biosustainability here at DTU. So, but involved in this was a group at the University of Copenhagen led by Henrik Clausen. And there's another group at the University of California in San Diego, the UCSD, which is headed by Nathan Lewis. And both these groups have contributed significantly to this work as well. So the CHO program as it's running now is actually a very good example of what you can do if you get a significant size of a project and then get the right people to collaborate in it. So this could not have been done just by one of the groups. It has to be all of them. Were you sure it would work or did you second guess yourself? So basically the Chosa lines were able to produce the protein, but mm-hmm. in the wrong form. So it had the wrong glycosylation path. And our team, together with the group at the University of Copenhagen and the UCSD people, we engineered these cells to be able to engineer the glycosylation machinery. So all the enzymes that are involved in putting on the glycans on the protein, we engineered those to only be able to make the right version of the glycan. So they can now make the glycans that are on the protein that comes out of the human plasma. They cannot make anything else. And that's why it's now made in a chill cell in a form that can be used therapeutically, which it could not before. And finally, what motivates you as a scientist? One of the things that really motivates me is the applied science. Uh, one of the things that really gets me uh, highly motivated and get, get me ticking is to be able to do science where I can see an endpoint. So I can see that the things we're doing will end up in something that is actually going to be a benefit for patients. I'm not the kind of basic scientist that will dig into a small corner of a field and just spend my life there. I'm much more into this more holistic view of what we can do with science and biopharmaceutical and biomanufacturing. What really motivates me and my dream would be to be able to go down to the pharmacy and point up at the shelf at some drug and just say, I made that. So in other words, having been able to make something that is available to patients and has a benefit to patients all around the world, that is really, really what I would love to be able to do. And I hope I'll get there someday. I don't have it yet, but I'm getting there. Bjorn, thank you for your time and insights today. Thank you, and I look forward to see all of you guys in Lisbon. Thank you for joining us on The Chain. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. Tune in next time for more conversations about science, research, and exploring the world of protein engineering.